Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to the Health and Success Hour with Dr. Diane A. Thompson and friends. Join us each week right here on Atlanta's incredible radio, WIGO AM 1570, Thursdays from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for information to keep you healthy, wealthy, and wise. For more information, contact Dr. Diane A. Thompson at www.drdianethompson.com. So welcome, Dr. Cooper, to the show. I, I did talk about your background at the beginning of the show, but Dr. Cooper, please share a little bit about your background with us because it's actually quite interesting. And I also think we have a little bit of things in common. So go ahead and share with our listeners your background. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Diane, for having me on your show. Well, I am board certified in internal medicine. I live in South Texas, way down south, close to the Mexican border. I am originally from Jamaica. I have been practicing medicine for over 27 years. Uh, Most of that time I've been in South Texas. Of course, I have two internal medicine practices and one lifestyle medicine practices. Of course, I'm also an author, a best-selling author of three books. And I spend a lot of time educating patients on how to change lifestyle and therefore improve their health. The book that we're actually going to discuss today is 14 Days to Amazing Health. But one of the things you said is that you've been practicing medicine for 27 years. And you have, as you said, two traditional practices and one lifestyle medicine practice. So what was it that made you decide to get into lifestyle medicine? I mean, the truth is, I think... For most people, it's so much easier. This is not the proper way to practice medicine, in my opinion, but it's so much easier someone come in and you sort of hand them a prescription and they go on their way. Lifestyle medicine, I think, takes a little more time, but it's so much, you really gain so much and the patients gain so much from it. Why did you decide to add that to your practice? You know, Diane, I'm living in South Texas and we have an epidemic of uh, diabetes, and obesity. In 2011 and, and 12, the city where I live and practice medicine, McAllen Mission, Texas, was ranked the fattest in the United States. Ooh. Obviously, in my practice, I had so many young people, 13, 12, coming in with diabetes, hypertension, obesity, on several drugs. I became a little discouraged, frustrated, wanting to do more than just giving a pill or giving the insulin. 
I realized that if I really want to change patients' lives, I needed to spend more time on teaching them how to use lifestyle to improve their health. And I must tell you, Diane, that myself, I was about 25 pounds um, overweight, and I changed my lifestyle, began to educate myself on natural, uh, total health, a holistic approach. I lost 25 pounds, improved my blood pressure, and I felt great, and I wanted to do the same for my patients. I think it's always awesome when the healer can heal themselves. And when you right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you can uh, walk that talk. Now, one of the things, though, I mean, I'm playing devil's advocate. Now, obviously, I'm someone who believes in lifestyle medicine. I, I do go and educate people the same way. Actually, yesterday, I was at New Hope Seven-Day Adventist Church in Harlem doing a talk on lifestyle medicine. So I'm really a proponent of it. But one way uh, folks can look at this, they can think that, you know, there is already a lot of information out there. I don't think our country is suffering from a lack of information. There's, you go on the internet, there's information about lifestyle, how to live a healthy lifestyle, nutrition, all of that. What is it that you think is going to be different? Why, you know, what, what is there to add if there's already so much information out there? And yet people are still so overweight and have all the chronic diseases. I think that's a very, very good point. Um, but I think that on, online, we have a lot of information on nutrition and exercise. But when you think about healing the entire person, it's more than nutrition and exercise. You know, if you were to look at the definition for health, according to the World Health Organization, it says that health is not only the absence of disease, but it is the physical, emotional, mental, and I add spiritual well-being. And that is what a lot of us as healthcare providers, we're missing. We're missing the total person. And a person can only be healed and get well if we address the root causes of these problems and approach the total wellness of the patient. So in other words, that is the way your program is different from, let's say, someone just accessing information online. Is yes. that your holistic approach, adding everything to the, to the package? That's right. How do you find time to do that, though? Because, again, you know, unfortunately, in the current healthcare system that we have, and I'm hoping that changes because it really does patients no real justice. With this system, you have primary care doctors sometimes who are allotted 15 minutes for follow-up appointments and so forth. So if during that time that patient comes in for you know, a upper respiratory infection, but they notice that they're overweight or there are other things they want to address. It makes it very difficult. And many times that, that doctor just simply address that thing in front of them and send them on their way. So how does one find time for it? How do you do it? Okay, Diane, it's a, it's a bit complicated, but I'm going to go through the way I am currently doing it. So currently, I told you I had two traditional medicine practice, mm -hmm. and then I have the lifestyle medicine practice. At the lifestyle medicine office, what I do, I have a team, a team that supports me. 
So I have someone who does the nutritional counsel. I have someone who does the exercise. I have someone who does the general education and uh, addressing the spiritual health of the patient. So it's the team approach of about four people. That's one way. The other way, because I'm so passionate and because I've seen so many health miracles my patients have done well, I have put some of this in books. I also have a TV show and I have a, a live streaming and I do a lot of community education. Yesterday I was in Mexico doing a talk on lifestyle medicine, how to use, to take a holistic approach to health and then prevent many diseases. So I do a lot in my country and outside of the country. That's great. And it's going to require a paradigm shift, a very different approach to healthcare and, and will require the whole system to change in order to really uh, give patients this kind of care that you mentioned. Now, I'm going to delve a little bit. It, by the way, you, you mentioned your show, your, your TV show, and it's one I watch every Sunday. Why don't you share with our listeners the name of your show and how they can even access it? Well, it's Get Healthy with Dr. Cooper. And if you're anywhere outside of my area, you can find it on Facebook. Facebook, you go to Dr. Donna Cooper, that's D-R-D-O-N-A, Cooper, C-O-O-P-E-R, hyphen, Dockery, D-O-C-K-E-R-Y-N-D, and you'll find it there. Okay, wonderful. And I encourage people to check it out. I actually watch it on Sundays, and it's usually filled with a lot of nuggets. So thank you for doing that, by the way. Now, I'm going to talk... somewhat specific about your book. This particular, and you you mentioned you have more than one, but the one we're going to talk about today is 14 Days to Amazing Health. And as we talked before uh, we started um, the interview, you mentioned the book is doing very well. I I do encourage people to go out and get this book. I do have a copy myself. Now, one of the things you address in that book is that uh, our beliefs, we need to... um, make some changes in our beliefs in order to change our health. So talk a little bit more about that. You know, it is said that you are actually what you believe in, and that is a fact. In order to change habits, habits are very hard to change. And in order to change habits, first you need to realize that there is a problem. So first you need to assess your situation. Am I overweight? How overweight am I? Do I, have, do I have diabetes and how is my diabetes doing? How many medications am I on? And what do I need to change? You need to want the change. And if you want and desire the change, then it will happen. So first of all, I usually address the patient's readiness for change. And if the patient is ready, then we will sit down and make a plan for that patient. And that's an excellent point because sometimes we do meet patients where uh, we as providers get discouraged because we are sharing all this information. You know, a patient may have a lot of uh, comorbid disorders and we keep talking with them and sharing with them and they make no change and we get frustrated. But 
as is shown in the stages of change. You know, if your patient isn't at that point where they're even acknowledging that there's a problem, right. uh, sometimes no matter what you do, not it's really matter. not going to make any difference, right? So right. Uh, you, you're, you're making an excellent point. A lot of it has to do with, you know, the beliefs and where that person is on that journey, whether or not they're ready to change and what resources then we, we offer based on where they are. Do you have any particular approach to someone who, you know, let's say they understand, as, as we said, they have a problem. Um, maybe they've tried the weight loss many, many times, because I see this quite a bit, you know, people have tried to lose weight many times, and each time they seem to struggle. Is there anything you have that you suggest uh, any approach that you use with these patients? You know, Diane, first of all, in, in order for us as physician or healthcare provider to do justice to the patient, we really need to understand the cause. And usually I will try to sit with that patient and see, what is it? Why is this patient overweight? Is it that there is a, a psychological problem, um, a bad experience, and this patient is looking at food for comfort? Does the patient have an underlying medical problem, a thyroid disease? Um, what is the patient consuming? What is the portion? When did this patient gain all this weight? So then I need to become a medical detective in order to really help the patient. A lot of the time, the patient needs coaching. So having addressed or um, locate or diagnose the problem, then we can actually sit and work together. And as I mentioned, a lot of patients who are trying to lose weight, they need a lot more support in order to lose weight. They need to understand what are the dangers in, con in consuming this type of food? What are the... Uh, the health um, benefit in consuming another type of food and how to do it. So it is a little bit um, complicated. It's not as simple as we think it is. And one of the things you brought up is that, that whole idea of portion sizes. Mm -hmm. it, it's something that, you know, I'll meet people who have even uh, changed what they're eating. So they're eating better foods and mm -hmm. they still struggle. And one of the things when I take a look at what they're eating, it, what it turns out is they're eating enough for two or three people. That's right. so, so that's a, a good point. Now you talk about in your book, establishing good habits and meal planning. So what are, what are some of these good habits that you suggest to your patients? Okay, well, good habits. One, timing of um, the consumption of their meals. A lot of people will skip breakfast. Okay, they're trying to lose weight. So they believe if they skip breakfast and skip lunch and eat once a day, then that is going to uh, improve their ability to lose weight. So I need to let them know that, first of all, you need to consume breakfast. Breakfast is very important. Someone said you should be you should eat as like a king or a queen in the morning, a prince or a princess in the um, noontime, and then a pauper at night. So the time they consume their meal, that's very important. What they consume, that's another another important factor. You know, I had a patient who walked into my office recently, and she lost twenty something pounds, and I said. 
ah, what happened? What did you do? She said, Dr. Cooper, all I did was to remove the supper. I only eat until three o'clock. So then timing, meal timing is, is important. So type of meal, the timing of the meal is very important. Um, exercise, making health a habit is important. So there are various health habits. Also, changing what you have at home. Do you have healthy food at home? What do you have in your pantry? What do you have in your refrigerator? So these are um, very important factors to losing weight or to improving your health. Excellent. And I will mention a little bit about um, the breakfast. Like what many people do know that I practice intermittent fasting. So let me first say, uh, I totally agree with the way in which you eat. That last meal really should be the smallest of the three. Um, I do practice intermittent fasting, so I tend not to eat breakfast. Most people who know me know that. Uh, the times I've attempted to eat breakfast actually gain weight. <laughs> so it's, it's sort of an, you know, it's an individual thing in that case. But I think in general, that is sound advice to make sure that, you know, you're eating and eating at certain times. And certainly, um, if someone is avoiding a lot of meals in order to lose weight, that's not sustainable. So yeah. not, not a, you know, you have to find a way to eat that you feel will be sustainable. You'll feel full, but you're eating healthy and the right things. And another thing that you touched on that I think was, is so excellent is um, that whole idea of the pantry and the refrigerator. For me, when I had gained a, a little bit of weight and I wanted to lose it, and same thing with my husband, what I found was most helpful was that people eat what they have at home, right? Mm -hmm. yes. if you, you have bad or unhealthy meals at home. That's what you're going to reach for. So I absolutely agree that making sure you have healthy food so you're not relying on willpower right? Because mm -hmm. I think willpower will fail you. So, so that's definitely right. Now, yesterday when I uh, was speaking at that church, one of the folks there, she came to me and she said, you know, I hear everything, but I struggle with the whole vegetable thing. <laughs> uh -huh. What suggestion do you have? What advice do you have for anyone who is having trouble with consuming vegetables? Well, as you know, and I know that most of the nutrients that we need to maintain good health, these nutrients are found in vegetables and fruits. So it is recommended that we consume four to five servings of vegetables a day and four to five servings of fruits per day. We need to have all the antioxidants. We need to have all the, the nutrients and the fiber and so forth. So what I suggest to people who do not like vegetables is to go ahead and do a vegetable smoothie. And then you probably consume all your vegetables that you need for that one day in that smoothie. Number two, I, I recommend um, doing a stir fry. You know, of course, you're going to be very careful with the oil. So you do a stir fry where you put multiple different types of vegetable. Make it delicious. That's one. The other one is to do a soup. Vegetable soup, lightly cook the ve vegetables so you won't destroy the nutrients. And that's another way of 
you know, consuming the vegetables if you do not like vegetables. Yeah. And the soups, definitely, I love because I'm from the Caribbean, so I like warm foods. And, you know, I definitely get a lot of my vegetables. No matter what kind of soup I make, I will throw some vegetables in right at the end. So that's, that's always a good way. Um, another thing that people tend to be confused about, and you address it in your book, and the book, by the way, is called 14 Days to Amazing Health. You talk about fats. So people are often very confused about mm-hmm. fats, whether it's good for you, it's bad for you. What, what, what do you say for someone who's trying to sort this out? Well, I think most people are aware of the health dangers for saturated fats. That's animal fats. Um, many people are not aware of trans fat, but trans fat, it's the most dangerous fat because trans fat will increase the, um, the bad cholesterol, the LDL, and lower the good cholesterol. Uh, where do we find trans fat? No, trans fat are produced from healthy vegetable oils. So trans fat are manufactured by adding hydrogen to the, the structure. This is very dangerous. It will produce heart disease and worsen diabetes. So good fats. Good fats are found from plants, nuts and seeds, so any nuts, walnuts, any nuts, nuts and seeds. Um, olives, we must be careful with olive oil or any oil, even though we know that vegetable oils are healthier than animal fat. But we should also remember that fats or oils, these are processed food. So one tablespoonful of oil will add about 120 calories. So you have to be careful with the amount of oil, vegetable oils that we consume. Now, many people are confused about coconut oil. Um, Mm -hmm. Is it good? Is it bad? But I hope our listeners are understanding that coconut oil is a saturated fat. So we must be very careful with coconut oil. I'm so glad you addressed the coconut oil. That seems to be one of the latest trends. I actually know of people who are consuming a couple of teaspoons a day of coconut oil because they're trying to cure. The latest thing is Alzheimer's. I don't know if you've heard about that. No, but not. <laughs> coconut oil is supposed to be a cure for Alzheimer's. So there are actually people consuming teaspoons per day of these oils and they don't realize what other dangers they're putting themselves in. So I'm really glad you addressed that. Let's talk a little bit of little bit of specifics on your program. So 14 days to amazing health. Can people really expect to see a difference in 14 days? Absolutely. And I get that question all the time. I'll give you a story before I go into. Listen, I had a patient This patient had breast cancer, thyroid cancer, diabetes, and she was on metformin, but she had diarrhea. She was very, very um, bothered. She was not feeling well at all. So she came to me uh, with her son, who's now in medical school, and I sat her down and I said, you know what, you can feel better if you were to go on two weeks off plant-based meal, remove all the animal products, no milk, no egg, and so forth. So I gave her 14 days of meal plan. 
And she came back in 14 days amazed. <laughs> Why? Her sugars were not controlled. She had no diarrhea. She was feeling well, um, much better, more energized. So it does work. Now it's just a transition. It is just to expose the patient that really you can live on a plant-based meal. Try it for 14 days. And if you like it, then you move on. But yes, you can see significant changes on a plant-based meal with exercise, meditation, managing your stress, you know, in 14 days. I agree. <laughs> I put my husband on on a diet. Basically, I won't even say a diet. It really is a change in lifestyle and just practicing plant-based and incorporating a lot of the healthy things that we know. And he lost some weight. And with that weight loss in a short time, he was actually able to get off of most of his blood pressure medicine. He's on one, which they, the doctor just recently cut in half. And <laughs> the doctor said, you know, if you keep things going, mm -hmm. I probably will remove the entire thing. And, you know, just after a couple of weeks, as you said, we mm -hmm. really started seeing the change. So you're, you're absolutely right. How does exercise come into this? What, what, do, what are you encouraging in terms of exercise? Well, I encourage any exercise because you have people who might be listening to us who are wheelchair bound. But studies have shown that any amount of exercise will be helpful towards health. Mm -hmm. Of course, if the person is able to, um, to walk, I encourage walking. 30 minutes, 45 minutes of walking. Even my patients who are on a uh, walker, I encourage them to walk. You start slowly, and then you can increase your um, speed. And in my book, 14 Days to Amazing Health, I have laid out three different levels of exercise. One is just basic. Then we have intermediate and, of course, the uh, high intensity. So everyone now can exercise. And patients who are probably bed-bound and obese or want to improve health, they can use resistant bands. Resistant bands could allow them to do upper body exercise. And that is going to increase the usage of calorie and therefore will lower the weight. Not only that, exercise will also increase your cardiac endurance. I'll give you a story about a patient. Gentleman is about 70 plus years old. He had hypertension, diabetes, obesity, heart disease. He was in and out of the hospital 12 times in a year. I went to the ER and I said, Mr. So-and-so, I would like you to come to the office. I will enroll you in my 12 weeks of wellness program and you're going to see the difference because you're in and out of the hospital. We need to change something. All right, so he got out of the hospital. I laid out an exercise plan for him. He said, Doc, I cannot get from my bed to the chair. How am I going to do these exercises? I said, you watch. So he started to exercise and he increased his cardiac endurance. He was able to get from bed to chair, chair to walker, walker to cane, and then without the cane. And you know what? He was out of the hospital for many, many, many months. So exercise is indeed medicine. We recommend at least 30 minutes for every day, at least six days a week. And if you're trying to lose weight, then that person has to do 
about 300 to 400 minutes, one hour or more per day in order to sustain the weight loss. And people often ask me, what's the best exercise to do? And I often say the one that you will actually do, right? Exactly. I agree to that. Yeah. All right. Now, um, for those who are just joining us, I'm talking with Dr. Cooper. And Dr. Cooper is the author of the book, 14 Days to Amazing Health. By the way, where where can listeners and uh, viewers get this book? Well, the book is on Amazon, very easy, or on my website, drdonnacooper.com. That's D-R-D-O-N-A-C-O-O-P-E-R.com or cooperwellnesscenter.com. Wonderful. I often love to ask my guests for a tip of the week, something that, you know, a listener could implement right away and get them on the road to amazing health. So for you, for someone who's listening in, who wants to get on this road to better health, what would you say to them? What would be the first step? I think the first step is, would be to assess where you are health-wise. What would you like to change in your health? Is it your weight? Is it that you don't exercise? Is it that you're on too many drugs and you want to lower some or get rid of some? Is it your blood pressure? First, assess. And then if you know exactly what you want, then you set your goals. Write your goals down. Make them tangible. Then when you have your goals written down, you break those goals up. Break them up into steps, easy goals. So if it's weight you're working on, you say, okay, I'm 50 pounds overweight, and I'd like to lose 20 of those pounds in six months. And therefore, per week, I want to lose a pound per week. Write that down and make sure it's measurable and realistic. And then you can now start to plan how you're going to attain those goals. The other thing is to educate yourself. You cannot make a change unless you have information. So you have to go to resources and find those that are um, evidence-based, those that you trust. Because there's so many um, people online with different information that will confuse you. So you need to empower yourself with good information. Excellent. So and I'll repeat for our listeners, assess where you are. I'm in so much agreement with that. How are you going to fix something if you don't even know it's a problem to begin exactly. with? And setting goals. I mean, I think if you think of anything you've accomplished in life, it's because you first set the goal to get there. So mm-hmm. setting goals is important. And really important what you touched on is educating yourself. You're so right. I, I ask at the top of the interview about all the information that's available right? Mm-hmm. We know there's so much information out there. And when I sit to read them, and as a physician, I read some of it and I think, oh my goodness, this poor patients must be confused. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the things are not evidence-based. People are telling people to do all sorts of things that could actually harm them. So you're correct, educating yourself, but making sure that it's evidence-based medicine. Correct. And not just something people decide, some, the latest fad that people mm-hmm. decide to throw your way. So thank you for that. So again, this is Dr. Cooper, and uh, her book is called 14 Days to Amazing Health. 
please go out there and support the book. It really has a lot of amazing information in there to get you on your way to great health. Is there anything else you want to share with our listeners? Well, I have online courses. So if you're there and you're getting this information, you say, oh, she lives in Texas. Where can I find her? You can find um, two different courses online right now, 14 Days to Amazing Health and Transformation to a Healthier You. You could go to www.gethealthywithdrcooper.com slash courses. Gethealthywithdrcooper.com slash courses. And I have other information on my website, the main website, drdonnacooper.com. I will make sure that this information is available also on my social media pages so that people uh, are able to get to you and get some of this amazing information. And again, her book is called 14 Days to Amazing Health. So please check that out. Dr. Cooper, thank you so much for joining me today and sharing your information. Dr. Diane, it was a pleasure being here. Thank you. If you've missed any portion of this broadcast or would like to find out more about Dr. Diane A. Thompson, please join us on www.drdianethompson.com. That's www.drdianethompson.com. Remember, your health is your wealth. Have a great evening. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.